0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Provocative Podcast. All right, so last week, as many of you guys know, I did not record an episode. I took some time, some personal time for myself last week. I um, was going through some stuff. I don't want to get too much in detail with it. It's, all, it's very personal. So, um, yeah, I just felt like I needed some time for myself, guys. So I really apologize for not coming on the podcast. I hated it. it. took all of me not to come on here. But if you guys know me and have been following me on Instagram for since I started, you guys know that I try to be as real as possible and I don't go on social media. Even though it's my job, I don't go on social media if I'm not feeling my best. I just don't like to put on a front or fake some energy that I don't have because I don't want to start faking it and then feel like I have to fake it in my everyday life. Like, that's just not me. So if I don't feel my best and I don't feel like I can show up for you guys, I just won't because I don't want to portray... A fake life, or you know, any kind of negative energy on you guys. So, last week I was just going through some shit, like hard shit. And so I took some time for myself and being the workaholic that I am it was really really hard to do that but you know if I I felt like I needed it and I'm so happy to be back I've missed you guys so much and I know I don't get to see you guys but just talking on the podcast is just such a good outlet for me and I honestly enjoy doing it so so much so I'm happy to be back if you guys miss an episode I'm sorry I'm glad I hope you guys enjoy this one um so yeah let me give you guys a little intro of the last Two weeks, I guess. So I came back from my dark sports shoot from LA. That was an incredible. Incredible shoot! Um, I just posted one of the the photos that I got back yesterday. Um, just an incredible shoot overall. Vibing with them was just absolutely amazing, and I'm just really looking forward to more shoots in the future. And yeah, I love the company. It was it was a great time. The initiation was a lot better than I expected. I was still really scared, um, but Michael, the owner, made me feel really comfortable and just kind of walked me through things. And it would just it turned out a lot better than I was like making it in my head. So trip was amazing. Um and then I still we still haven't finished the book guys that I was reading behind closed doors. We were supposed to be finishing it this week, so I'll give you guys a review at like a full review. Um I'm not I will say I'm not as into this book as I was into the other books. It could be just like the vibe is off with this book with me or like you know with personal stuff the last 2 weeks maybe it's been harder for me to get into it, but I'm not in love with the book. My friends they like it. I As of right now, give it like a six out of 10, but I'll give you guys a full ass review when I'm done with it. And then a couple shows that I'm watching. I'm on Euphoria. I know I'm behind. Everyone's like watching it when it was coming out. I watched the first season when it first came out, but the second season, I was kind of a little behind. But Chris and I are catching up. We're on episode four now. And guys, I love the show. It's great, but the characters piss me the hell off. Like, Rue. Like, it's so self-destructive and I get it. It's like showing you the, the you know, the part of her life with being a drug addict and all that. But it's just so frustrating to watch as someone who like is very like controlling with their life. So, you know, it, it's a younger crowd thing too. So, um, but yeah, but we're watching that. I finished um, The Secret Sex Life of College Girls on HBO. I really enjoyed that one though. I give that an eight out of 10. It's a good time waster, a good feel, good show. It's about girls and their sex lives. And it's it's a it's a really good show. Um, so definitely recommend that if you need a new show to watch. And yeah, guys, those are the only shows that we're watching besides Dexter. I haven't finished any other new ones. I think I finished Queer Eye. Yeah, the new season. Very good. If you haven't watched Queer Eye, you're missing out on like amazing moments. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then another little update. I think on the last podcast i'm pretty sure in the last podcast i talked to you guys about um you know seeking help seeking therapy and i finally did it i finally finally got a therapist and so i right now i have two therapists i'm trying both of them out and seeing which one i like um one's online they're both online but one's like through an online service the other one's actually here in houston so We'll see which one I end up sticking with. But so far, it's been really good. Um, I do prefer one over the other right now. um, I think, you know, it's all about the vibe and the connection that you make with the person. And she is a little older or a lot older, but I really like the insight that she's given me so far. And she uh, deals with past trauma and family, you know, issues and things like that. And she's already, I've only had one session with each one, but they both already made me look into things that I, Hadn't looked into before, and especially the one that I'm connected with, she pointed out a lot of things that I just didn't. It kind of blew my mind, so I'm really excited. I'll keep you guys updated. Not everything, not you know, I'm not gonna update you guys on all, all my therapy sessions, but I'll keep you guys updated. So this is your sign if you're looking for a therapist, uh, maybe it's time for you guys to reach out. So, anyways. <laughs> That's enough about my life. Uh, So today's episode, guys, it's not going to be about sex. It's not going to be anything, I guess, super entertaining. If anything, it's going to be more on like a little inside of my life and a lot of the questions that I still get on through my dms and stuff which is more of the like gut issues endometriosis and things that i deal with so many of us females have these issues so 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 many so i just finally was like you know what i'm going to talk about it now and it affects me pretty much on the daily so i was like this is a really big part of my life so let me go ahead and share this with you guys and maybe you don't know that you have it and these symptoms you'll be like oh shit maybe i do have this and we'll look into it and if you do have it maybe some of my tips will help you so i'm gonna talk about three stomach issues that i have um they're not all stomach um but they incorporate the woman body and like from like my belly button To my vagina kind of thing so three issues the first one is going to be endometriosis the second one is going to be ibs or irritable bowel syndrome and the third one is ic interstitial inter it's really hard interstitial cytosis so i think that's how you pronounce it um so those 3 I'm going to talk about. And um the first one I'm going to talk about, so I'll talk about all 3. I'll go into detail of all 3. Um and you know what they are, what I've, you know, how I deal with them on a daily, when I find out I had them and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about endometriosis first because that's the one that affects me I guess the most. Um and it's the one that like really affects like my mood. The most so most women also who have endometriosis tend to have other gut issues so if you have endometriosis 90% of the time you'll also have IBS so and that's actually a proven fact so you know maybe this is something that you have all right so I will say that with what I go into I've coped with like everything I've done is like naturally so um there is like one medication that I'll go into what I, what I take but Um, I try to do everything naturally. I've done my research on everything. And so um, if you are dealing with these issues, you can try my methods, but also, you know, reach out for help. I don't want you guys to think like, oh, Jazzy gave me like, I'm not a doctor or anything like this is just stuff, stuff that I've researched and taken from other women and incorporated in my life and have helped me. So you can do that, but please don't come back and like say, this didn't work for me because I'm not going to know what to tell you. So, all right so endometriosis what is it so it's a painful disorder in which similar to the tissue that normally lines the inside of your uterus the endometrium grows on the outside and the symptoms include very painful periods pain during your ovulation cycle and often with rigorous exercises and pain during sex certain positions treatments if very severe can have surgery but no guarantee and then it also may cause infertility infertility so this is the one that has affected me probably the longest since i was like 13 um i've always had like really crazy periods heavy periods periods to the point of throwing up like um you know some months are really crazy some months thankfully are crazy but they're not that crazy and intense but it's affected me for the longest um two also to be completely transparent, I really think that it has been a major element into why I haven't gotten pregnant yet. Um, when we decide that it's time to look into, um, you know, getting pregnant, I do think that I will be the one with the issues just because of this. Um, and, you know, 90% of the time it is because of, if you have endometriosis, it's really hard for you to get pregnant. So I really do think this has played a big role in that. Um, You know, I haven't been ready to have kids and it does, when I do sit and talk about it or think about it, it does kind of affect me in the thought of like, you know, when you can't have something, you start thinking about it more. So, you know, I haven't done the tests and I haven't, you know, which I probably should hear soon because I'm 27, but I haven't won I haven't wanted to do the test because I'm scared that if I have the, if my doctor tells me, hey, you have about a year to get pregnant, then it'll rush my decision, and I don't want to rush that decision. But I do believe that that is one of the reasons why I haven't been able to get pregnant just yet. Um, but yeah, guys, it's really painful. Um, it affects me almost every day there's probably like a week out of the month that it doesn't affect me and what i mean is i get really bad cramping random ass cramping so during my periods my cramping is really severe my periods are really heavy for the first three days um and yeah i mean there's like practically no sex during my period that's not enough like Chris doesn't like to have sex during my period. And usually I don't ever want to have sex during my period unless I'm like, for some reason, extremely horny. But my periods are not fun, guys. It's to the point of throwing up. Um, Thankfully, I use a heating pad, which I highly recommend if you have really bad periods. Get yourself a heating pad. I didn't own one till literally like, I want to say the last year. And it's completely changed my periods. It's, It's made it a lot more you know, bearable than before. Um, and yeah, during my periods, I just fucking shove ibuprofen up my mouth every four to six hours, because that's the only thing that helps with my pain. But that's during my period. And then outer, when I'm not on my period, I still have pain. So especially during the week of ovulation, I have really bad cramps. So, um, you know, it, it affects me. It affects my daily living because, you know, with my spin classes and stuff like that, I've, have to like, okay. I have to know ahead of time, like, okay, I'm ovulating, so or I'm, I'm about to be on the week of ovulation, so I have to take ibuprofen because if I go into this class right now, 10 minutes in, I'm going to want to throw up for the pain. And it happens, I have to leave class sometimes because I'm in so much damn pain. Sometimes I can push through the pain for like five minutes and then it'll go away, but. Honestly, almost 90% of the time, I'll have to run out to the bathroom because, and like literally gag and just sit there because I'm in so much pain. So in order to help myself with that, I take ibuprofen. So that's like the number one thing that I do for my endometriosis is I take ibuprofen. Um, midal and things like that don't really help. I'll take midal, but I'll still have to take ibuprofen. And so I take about 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. Yes, I know the liver It's gonna fuck it up. That's why I also take milk thistle as one of my supplements because, you know, I wanna make sure that my liver is also in good, healthy condition because I do pop a lot of pills during this time. I try my best to only do it in the morning. Like, I know that I'm gonna do spin, so I'll take my ibuprofen. It'll help push through. Sometimes I'll get a little bit of pain even with the ibuprofen, but I can push through it and then I'm good for the rest of the day. I don't have to take it um, like every four to six hours. That's only like my first three days of my period. But, It is something that I have to do. So, like that week, I'm also on ibuprofen. I'm, you know, taking it. Today, for example, I was just sitting on my fucking couch eating breakfast and out of like nowhere, I started cramping. Like, just out of nowhere. Just like, and Chris makes fun of me because not makes fun of me, but he knows when I'm cramping because I just start yelling. I'm just like, I'm cramping like a bitch. I'm cramping like a bitch. You'll just hear me like saying that in the kitchen. I might be cu- cooking or <laughs> giving myself water or whatever. And then I'm just like, out a random, I'm cramping like a bitch. Like that, that's just the way that I express what I'm feeling. And like I said, it's really, really random and it sucks. And, you know, from what I've learned so far with this is, you have to know when your body is in the most pain so that you can kind of help yourself. You can take some teas to help a little bit and ease yourself like raspberry tea. Uh, raspberry, yeah, raspberry tea helps with like cramps, menstrual cramps, so I, I'll take that sometimes. But you know, just knowing when I'm in pain will help me kind of rearrange my day and know like okay like kind of prepare myself like okay I'm gonna go to spin so I want to have a good session so I need to take ibuprofen and you know sometimes I'll go work out and I'll get the pain and I'll push through it and sometimes I won't and I give myself grace so if you're dealing with that just give yourself some grace and allow yourself to you know feel those emotions and then try again tomorrow you know that's all you can do when you have something like this because I know the pain is unbearable and there's nothing that you can do to help besides painkillers. And, you know, being addicted to painkillers is a thing. And I don't want, you know, to be like, hey, take these painkillers because they will help because it is scary to be addicted to painkillers. So that's why I do my best to only take it on the times that I'm really going to be hurting or I really know that I'm going to hurt um but yeah guys I just do my best to plan my days accordingly my workouts it does affect my workouts and like I said sometimes I'll stop give myself a few minutes to kind of like you know the cramps to go away and then I'll be able to keep working out and then there's days that I don't and that's fine sometimes you know what if I can't work out I'll just get on the treadmill and try like a light walk and then it'll push through it and I'll end up like you know finishing my workout but Give yourself, some, give yourself some grace if you do deal with it. Don't use it as an excuse, but allow yourself to feel that and then try it again. Like, don't just give up. The worst thing you can do is give up and let this disease take over you because it can easily do that and then you'll fall into a depressive state and it's not good. I've been there. So what I do is I don't let this be an excuse. I just, you know, accept it, deal with it at that moment and then push through if I can push through. Um, other things that can help are birth control because birth control can help regulate your estrogen levels. Um, but with me, I just haven't had good experiences with birth control. It's made me really, it makes me worse than I am now. Like I just don't like what that, the birth control does to me. I've tried different forms, so I just won't do it. I actually went to an endometriosis specialist last year and I was hoping, you know, she was going to give me some answers, but she said that we could do surgery if it was really severe, but even with surgery, it doesn't guarantee that you're not, you're always going to have that. You'll always grow the endometrial layer on the outside of your uterus. So she could have, we could do surgery, but in six months it could come back. So she was like, unless you're literally like, wanting to go through the surgery process. She doesn't recommend it. So then I asked her, I was like, okay, well, what if I don't want to have kids? Like, what if I really say, no, I don't want kids and I take out my uterus? She's like, well, that layer was still gonna grow outside of your ovaries, so you'll still have the pain. Okay, so I was like, well, what if I take out my ovaries? Same thing, it's gonna grow on outside of the uterus. And she was like, you are too young to get rid of your ovaries and you're too young to get rid of your uterus. Like, we do not want that for you because, you know, then you go through menopause and you lose your hair and you're like, you know, you lose all those womanly aspects of you. So she was like, I do not recommend, I do not, I will not do that surgery for you. So I was like, okay, well, what's the option? And she's like, just birth control. And she put me on birth control and I fucking hated it. I was depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I've, gained weight. It was just not, it's not a good thing for me. It hasn't, you know, and that was like my last straw. Like I did what I could, um, you know, I went to the, to the doctor, got my answer. So what I did after that is just kind of, she told me too, she's like, you're going to have to kind of notice when you're in a lot more pain than other times and just kind of go based on that. And take. she told me take pain pills too, to help, you know, during that time. So take the pain pills before the pain starts, she said which is okay. Well, I'll just start doing that. So that's what I started doing. And then I also started researching, um, foods to help with my estrogen levels to kind of balance that out. So you can do that. Cauliflower, things like that actually help balance your estrogen levels. So reading, reading upon what foods help regulate your hormones will also help too. There's also a thing called seed cycling. I haven't gotten too much into that, but you take, um, flax seeds and, um, chia seeds, and you're supposed to drink them in the morning based on your ovulation cycle. It's a whole thing. I haven't gotten too much into it, but I know a lot of people have benefited from it, but yeah, guys, I, I know it's long with the endometriosis, but it sucks. It's shitty. Um, if you're, if you have it, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with it because it's shitty thing to have to deal with, but you know, just do what you can Take the pain pills before you have the pain, which is what my doctor told me and what I do. Um, Drink the teas that you feel will help you the most and just give yourself some grace. Use that heating pad. Do the things that you can do. Um, You know, with sex too, thankfully, I have a partner who is very understanding. There's times where I can have sex in every position and there's no pain. There's times where I can literally not, like he can't put it in doggy style because I'm in so much pain. So it just depends on, my body, what my body wants to do at that moment. But thankfully he's very understanding on that. And then, um, I will say that my vibrator has made sex during my painful times a lot, a lot better. Like I honestly think that's one of the reasons why I've kept my vibrator too because it just helps like if I have pain, like the stimulus of my clit just really helps me. Like it helps not think about the pain and the pain ends up going away. So it's like, it has helped so, so much. So if you have endometriosis and you haven't tried a vibrator for a clit stimulation while you're having sex, try it because I think- for me, I know it's helped, so I hope that it can help you. So that's it, guys. Um, as far as the endometriosis goes, I know it's like a lot of detail. If you don't go through it, I'm sorry if you've listened to it up until this point, but it sucks. It's it's a shitty thing to go through, but you know, all you can do is the best that you can, right? And help yourself, and that's what you know I preach about, and that's what I try to do the most. So, all right, guys. So that's it for endometriosis. Next one, IBS, which is the most common. It says a common disorder that affects the largest intestine, and so many people have it, guys. So many women, ladies, like ninety. I want to say like seventy percent of us have IBS. Like, it's just common. Like, honestly, like I think like out of my ten friends, six of us have it. We just all have IBS. (laughs) It sucks, Um, but IBS is. I don't want to say it's treatable because some people, you know, it's really hard to treat, but it's like bearable. You can live with it. Um, it, but it just takes like you researching a lot and what foods trigger you and what triggers your IBS because everyone is different. So the symptoms of IBS are abdominal pain, bloating, and constipation. And then some some people can control the symptoms by managing their diets, lifestyle, and stress while others may need medication so my friend actually she needs medication she actually has medication um, that she takes for it and it has helped her Um, for me I don't have medication I developed IBS and when I was 20 21 Um, during this time I was in prep so my stress levels were really really high I was mid-prep when I developed IBS and I remember my stomach was so bloated I was so lean but I still looked like I was eight months pregnant it was ridiculous I went to the doctor and she's like yeah from your symptoms you have IBS and with IBS, you can't like test it too, too much. It's basically goes by the symptoms of what you have. Um, I think they can test your stool too, but basically my symptoms, she was like, yeah, you have IBS and your lead cause of IBS is, um, you're stressed. So stress plays an, a big ass factor in IBS. So if you're stressed, your IBS just fucking flares up. I just, my stomach starts bloating. There's like a fire pit in my stomach. It is not fun when I'm super stressed. So I try to do my best to my best because I have anxiety and I am a stressful person, but I try to do my best to stay relaxed and not stress too, too much. And I've done a lot of better jobs since I was 21 to control and manage my stress because before I would just be like a fucking maniac and just be stressed and just kind of like, like let myself be stressed. And now if I find myself that I am stressed, I kind of call myself down. I'll do things to kind of manage my stress. But stress is the number one thing that will affect IBS. And then foods is a big one as well. So it's stress and then foods with foods, it's all trial and error guys. Like you need to see what foods trigger your IBS and I think a lot of us and I've actually had a lot of clients who are like, well, I feel bloated and I feel bloated when I eat this. When I'm like, well, if you feel bloated when you eat that, don't eat that. You know, not just because so and so can eat that doesn't mean that your stomach can digest that. Like everyone is different. And at first, guys, it was really shitty. Like I was like so upset because I'm like, why can't I eat this? I don't want to live a life where I can't eat this and this and that. But I also don't want to live a life where I'm in pain. And So I kind of accepted that hey, I can't eat this stuff or I'm gonna be in pain. And so I started kind of doing like trial and error with foods, incorporating foods. And then if I found like, okay, my stomach's hurting today. What did I eat yesterday and what have I eaten today? And then I would take out something that I thought it would be. And then I I wouldn't have it the next day and I wouldn't be in pain. And I'm like, okay, it was that. And then I would incorporate it again and it would be pain. Okay, it was definitely that. So it was like trial and error. And for me, I wrote down the things that I felt like or I know for me, it affects me. So maybe it'll affect you. Like for my friend and I, tomato. So like pizza sauce, tomato sauce, any kind of red sauce is a really big red flag when it comes to IBS. That flares up my stomach like no other. So if I have pizza, my stomach is flared up the next day. If I have any kind of pasta with tomato sauce, my stomach is flared up the next day. That um, raw onion, yes, raw, like white onion, like any in my tacos and stuff like that, Will flare up my stomach big time. So I say, I always say no to raw onion, tomatoes, and milk and cheese products. I'm also lactose, but any kind of milk and cheese product will always affect it. Ice cream, things like that. Spicy foods, spicy foods will flare up my IBS so much. So I stay away from all things spicy. I'll have spicy here and there, but very, very rare. And I can only get away with a little bit. And then Crazy one is egg yolk, anything containing egg yolk, like mayonnaise, white sauce, like you know that you get in Asian restaurants, things like that would literally flare up my stomach so bad. So with all these foods, I did like trial and error until like I said, I was like, okay, this is what hurts my stomach. And as of right now, those are the only things that flare it up. And yeah, so I just stay away from those foods. It doesn't mean that I won't ever have them. I'll have them, but I already know, like I'm preparing ahead of time, like, okay, I had this, which means I'm gonna be in pain tomorrow, which means I'm gonna be in a t-shirt and I'm not shooting any content because my stomach is gonna be flared up. So it's just kind of preparing ahead of time and knowing that, hey, you're gonna flare up, you're gonna have pain, but you're gonna have to deal with it because you chose to eat that. And to be honest, I've gotten better. So like I literally will have ice cream maybe like twice a year because even though I like ice cream, my pain is not worth it. So you have to kind of weigh your pros and cons. Like, is your pain for your IBS worth what you're eating? And for me, it's just not because it affects the way that I feel. It makes me feel self-conscious about myself because I'm bloated. I can't work out because I'm so bloated. So I just make sure that I do what I can every day to eat healthy and stay away from the foods that mess me up. Okay, also, um, things that will help if I do end up eating the things I'm not supposed to eat. Um, peppermint teas are so, so helpful guys. That is what I literally is my Holy grail peppermint teas. Cause it really will help my stomach. Um, also recently I was having like, I think I had an episode like three months ago where my IBS had flared up so bad. Fennel seeds, fennel seeds helped me so much. I actually got fennel seed tea bags and I actually crushed fennel and I made a tea out of it and it helped a lot. So it tastes like licorice but you know for me it's not about the taste i just want help and it, it really helped me another brand heather's tummy tea bags you she sells you can buy them on amazon so so good for ibs she also has pills um that you can take the only thing with the pills is you have to really make sure that you eat beforehand because it can burn your stomach if you don't um but her heather's i think it's heather's something um, but I just looked up Heather's tea bag. She has medication on IBS. So that's been a major help for me. And then obviously medication if you need it. But you know, what I said guys, it's important to have do that trial and error. Don't be fucking lazy if you're having stomach issues. I think a lot of us like Just get lazy and you have this pain and you complain about it every fucking day, but you don't do anything about it. What is the point of that? If you're having this pain, why are you going to live like that for the rest of your life? Do something about it. If you're having a pain, do the trial and error. Keep your foods clean and incorporate things little by little to see how your stomach reacts to those foods. And then if you know that you're causing you pain, stay away from them so that you don't have pain because all that stuff affects The way that you feel on a daily, it affects your self-esteem. Like I know for me, it affects my self-esteem a lot. If I'm feeling down and if I don't feel good internally, I don't feel good externally. So that makes, that plays a huge part in your everyday life. So those are some tips for you guys. If you have IBS, like, me um so yeah endometriosis is covered IBS is covered and the last thing which is not a very common thing but I've had some girls reach out about this and so you may not know that you have this so listen up IC so what is IC IC is a chronic and painful bladder condition symptoms include pelvic pain burning pain without a UTI and a frequent urge to pee it's very difficult to treat and no antibiotics have proven to work um, so, guys, this was is a different pain from my endometriosis. I be at, all these pains are so different; <laughs> they all suck. But this one is just when I found out I had this. I remember my worst year was 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, I had just moved to Texas and we were going to Applely, and I just remember sitting in my car and telling Chris I wanted to die. I was like, I just want to die. I don't want to, I can't live like this anymore. I'm in so much pain. Like I am uncomfortable. I just want to die. Like I literally was so, this condition had literally just torn me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't want to wake up the next day. I remember I was just in so much pain. And what this is, it's not a UTI, a UTI you know, happens when you get bacteria in your urethra. Typically, if you're having sex a lot and you're not peeing right after, or if you, um, people say if you stay in your damp clothes, but that's more of a yeast infection, but UTIs is just from like a bacterial infection. And you go to the doctor and you can get medication and it goes away, right? Um, It's typically, like I said, because of that bacteria, you didn't wipe correctly or, you know, you didn't go pee after having sex. That is one thing I do. Like the second we're done having sex, like literally sometimes they're still come in my mouth. I'm, I'm running to the bathroom to pee because I just, I get so scared that I'm going to get a UTI. So it's different than a UTI guys. This is like chronic fucking pelvic pain. Like you feel so much pain in your pelvis, like right where your uterus is, but it's like where your bladder is. And it feels like you have, like someone is has a built-in fire in there. Like there's a little fire pit in there and someone's roasting like marshmallows in your fucking bladder. And it also feels like that times like a kitten, like if you had a little kitten scratching the inside of your bladder at the same time. So it's like scratching and just like an irritable scratching, scratching, scratching while it's burning. That's what it feels like. And you don't really have to pee. Like, it's not like, oh, I have to go to like a UTI. You have to run to the bathroom and nothing comes out. No, you really don't have to pee. Like, but like you still get the sensation a little bit of peeing. So when you go, like, it's just, it doesn't hurt when you go pee, but like you feel the urge to pee. It's just weird. And so it's the pain, the going, and then The thing is you pee, but you don't empty your bladder all the way. So I would have to, I would pee, I would get up. And then within like three seconds, I'd have to go pee again. And I would go pee and like pee would still come out. So it was just me not emptying. Like it's hard for you to empty your bladder. Like it's just really hard. So within a UTI, you go, you feel like you have to pee, you go pee, nothing comes out. With this, it still comes out because you're not emptying your bladder all the way. So... I got this when I was like, yeah, 22, 23. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? What what in the world is this? And when I had my, my breaking point when I was like, I wanna die, I would go to the, I went to the doctor and she was like, you know, it's not your, cause I thought it was my endometriosis. And she's like, no, it's, it's, I'm touching you in your uterus right now and there's no pain. You're not telling me there's pain. And the second she would touch my bladder, I would be in so much pain. She's like, yeah, I think you have IC. And the thing with IC, she's like, it's not curable. Like there's no surgery for it. Like there's nothing you can do. You can go to a, a a specialist or urologist and they might put you on medication. But at that point I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to another doctor. Like I was just so upset. I already have endometriosis. I have fucking IBS. Are you kidding me? Another thing. So what I did, I went home and I did freaking extensive research on this. And, um, yeah, I went on YouTube and so many females deal with this and there's no cure. Like there's really no cure for it. So what I did was research things to help. And I'm going to share with you guys what those things are. And they have completely, completely changed my life. I don't, deal with it anymore. The only time I feel like I have that pain now is um when I'm about to start my period just because, you know, that that whole area kind of flares up, you know, cuz you're about to start your period. And but there's no more agonizing pain anymore where I felt like I wanted to die. So, what I felt proven to work was my celery juice in the morning. I got that from the medical medium Um, I don't follow all his methods, but he is very knowledgeable in women's hormones and things to avoid foods to avoid. So if you haven't heard of him or haven't read his book, definitely recommend that you do. Um, but he talks about celery juice in the morning fasted. And I did that. I did that for months for like, Three to six months, I believe, every fucking morning. I even traveled to Mexico with a juicer. Well, I didn't travel with it. I bought a juicer in Mexico and returned. And did I? I don't remember if I brought it back in my suitcase. I did actually bring it back in my suitcase. So now I have two, I had two juicers when I got back. But every morning before anything, eight ounces of celery juice and then wait 15 to 20 minutes before having food. And that really changed like it helped not have pain throughout the day. Cause it wasn't like you could take any kind of painkiller for it because it, it it wouldn't help. Nothing would help with the pain. So sometimes I would buy those azo pills to see if they helped. They hardly helped, but the celery juice. Oh my gosh. It completely, completely transformed my life. So if you're dealing with this, I cannot, there's so many benefits of celery juice. So do it do the celery juice until you probably have no pain. And then you might not have to do it every single day. You could do it like once every two, three days kind of thing. But that completely changed my my life. The celery juice, it also helps with the IBS. Um, also natural pills such as cat's claw, turmeric for inflammation and lemongrass. There, there's also lemongrass tea that I got. Um, actually lemon balm, not lemongrass, lemon balm tea. Um, that really helped. Um, The two supplements that I took though on a daily were my turmeric and I still take turmeric on the daily for inflammation and the cat's claw. I don't remember exactly what the cat's claw did, but the girl was like, I take this, this, and it's helped and it literally transformed my life. So doing the celery juice with those natural pills Helped so much. I also did a detox cleanse of caffeine, so I didn't take any coffee, didn't drink any coffee or um, pre-workout or anything like that for about six months, and that really, really helped. Um, things like pump and things that bring bring in blood flow to those area, because you know pump is supposed to bring blood blood flow to your muscles, well it also brings blood flow to that area. Would agitated. So I just stopped taking everything. I started, I stopped taking all my supplements and just literally just water. And that's besides my celery juice. And that helped tremendously. And then after, you know, the pain went away completely, um, I kind of started incorporating caffeine again. And, um, even with caffeine guys, I'm really particular about caffeine. Cause some ca- uh, coffee does upset my IBS. So coffee could be a trigger point for you too. So I know it sucks. You may have to kind of, derail from it a little bit, and then add it in slowly back again. And that's what I did. Um, so I started slowly, slowly incorporating caffeine again after the pain was completely gone. But I, like I said, I took like three months of a complete de- detox from that. And then um, all spicy foods, guys, All spicy foods. I remember I was like, at this time, I was really addicted to habanero, anything habanero flavored, habanero chicken, habanero sauce. And that shit was like, when I got rid of it, I was like, oh my God, this was flaring it up. So get rid of all the damn spicy food that you're eating because you don't realize how much it can really be affecting your IC and your IBS. So I only eat spicy foods now, like, or like anything spicy once a week if that if I incorporate anything spicy it's like once a week like I said I don't I just stay away from it because I'm scared that it's gonna make me if anything I can deal with the IBS I can't do it I can't deal with the IC pain because it is unbearable unbearable so take away all spicy food um but yeah guys um it did say though with research it says it can go away for some people and then it can also come back I feel like for me when I got it I got it for like a year went away came back when it came back it came back really bad which is the time that i was telling you guys about about and then now i feel like it's gone away like i said i feel like i only get it during when i'm about to start my period and that's about it thankfully it's gone away um and that's it i haven't been doing celery juice i haven't done celery juice in quite a few months guys i need to start incorporating that back into my life because there's so many health benefits from it but thankfully i am just so appreciative that um It hasn't come back, but I still take my supplements on the daily because I do get scared that it'll come back. But yeah, guys, um, just wanted to bring some light into those three things. I know it's not like interesting topics, like, you know, sex and relationships and dating, but it is things that us women, we go through. So I really hope that you guys connected with me in some way and, you know, I still try to do what I can i don't want to be like oh i live with these issues and i do what i can but i really do like some days my ibs affects me some days my endometriosis affects me and there are points in my life where there are weeks where i feel really depressed because of it and you know chris will thankfully get me out of it and i'll do what i can to help myself feel better but i will not let this shit take me down. I just will not let it it be an excuse in my life or a reason for me not to exceed in my life. So I do what I can. And you know, if I can't go to spin, that's fine. I'll try working out later. I just do what I can and push through every single day. So this, these things don't affect my life because they can easily make you fall into a depressive hole. And if I have any advice with anything, guys, you guys know that, I'm very like into doing things for yourself, find solutions for yourself, do research, look on Google, You look on YouTube, watch different YouTube videos to help yourself. There's so many outlets out there that you can you know use to help yourself. Don't just sit on the couch and throw yourself a pity party and expect someone to help and cure you because it doesn't work that way. Do what you can to help yourself. So that's it guys, just wanted to share those three things with you guys, I deal with them, you know, there's like a quote that says all pretty girls deal with bloating issues. And it's true. Like 80, 90% of us guys, we deal with shit like this and all we can do is, you know, help ourselves. So hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, I'm sorry again for last week. I missed you guys greatly. Don't forget to five star this and follow us on Instagram at the provocative podcast. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. I'm mm-hmm. going